I checked Twitter three times, my email seven times, LinkedIn four times, and you have to be able to manage it. So my thought is follow people that really inspire you. Evolution, evolution. Welcome back on the podcast. Thank you, Robbie. Great to be here with you. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to have you back on. Um, last time we we delved deep into you know your own personal evolution, evolution, as you put it. You know, you evolve uh, throughout your life, and you know you went through a lot of personal changes yourself from your career path. Talked about how you were, went from ordained priest, left the priesthood, went into you know into fundraising for you know, the University of Toronto. Did that, and now having your own uh, growth coaching agency and working with people. Uh, I really enjoyed that messaging because you know people have these transformable changes in their life where they go through different career paths. So, you know, they jump out of a company and become an entrepreneur or get bought out and become part of a large company and they go through this. But, you know, talking to somebody who come out of something so such like a, from an evangelical background, you know, coming out of this like global movement, the spiritual movement of being like from the priesthood, leaving that, going into the private, private sphere, especially, you know, in, in, your, in, your, in your late 20s, 30s, and making that transition shift, and then from then again transitioning into other career paths. I think that that took a full episode, just diving into the the details of that. But today, I want to break down, you know, your learnings from that and how you're helping other people um, make their own personal transformations. Um, as I mentioned before, we started. You know, I, I actually attended your workshop on the start methodology. You know, you start, you end of the new year, end of the end of the past uh, past year on this note of uh, you know how to. Now start thinking of yourself in a self-reflective way. So, yeah, I, I want to start with there, right? You know, we, we covered some of your past history, but now it's like, how uh, how are you helping other people? And like, how's how's evolution evolution been? Sure. So the company just celebrated one year on November 11th, and I have to say, it was an incredible positive year. Uh, you know, even with the pandemic that took all of us by surprise, and you know. Def, definitely challenged every single person. But for myself, evolution, evolution, it was a chance to go deeper into the mission and the focus. And that's what I did. Um, and so, you know, a lot has evolved uh, since we connected uh, several months ago. And really, you know, there's been a real focus and I work with professional leaders and organizations. Um, and so I'll start about with the professional leaders. So, you know, one of the things that I love about when I started the company is I wanted to leverage not only my personal lived experience, but also the expertise that I had and wanted to bring that all together. And so what I've established is, you know, I looked back at my career, I'd always been a very strong support for those that were either CEOs and the most senior leadership when I, you know, obviously when I worked for the Cardinal, when I was an executive, wherever that may be. And so that's why I founded the mentor and coaching model. And so what has evolved in the past year, which has been really amazing, are three different platforms that I offer for uh, professional leaders. And it's either for individuals that are in a position, maybe they're a new CEO and they're looking to grow into their role and you know there's some transitions that they're doing because oftentimes leaders especially those who are ceos or founders of a company there's this expectation that they're supposed to know everything 
And there's an expectation that, you know, when they're meeting with their stakeholders or their teams, that they have to be on and they have to be always aware. And so a lot of times I'm hired to work with them to make that transition, to mm -hmm. leverage their strengths um, and to really help them be at the highest level. And another area has been helping individuals that are looking to make a change. Maybe they're in a job right now that's been highly successful, but they desire more, or there's some frustrations that have come up or something through COVID even that's making them re-examine. So right away, they, I'm hired for three different platforms. And what I mean by platforms, either it's a three-month engagement, a six-month or more engagement, or I offer a platform for about three sessions. Uh, I call that the laser-focused platform of evolution because it's you're laser-focused on one specific issue that you want to go through. So I'll pause <laughs> there and happy to go through kind of the methodology, you know, what's the difference of working with me and how do you begin to really put that together for someone? Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, uh, I love the first part you talked about for CEOs, you know, them being always on. Um, you know, I, I definitely experienced it myself, but I definitely see it with especially people in the startup industry, right? Mm -hmm. When, um, I mean, it's it, for sure being a CEO you know, for a small or large company is stressful, but when you're founding a company, you know, the added pressure, especially later in life when you're, you left a stable job, you're in a period in life where you're not making stable income, you're building this thing that's actually a, uh, that in the beginning, especially the resource thing, so it actually absorbs more than taking, bringing it out for you. You know, your family might be looking in being like, what are you really doing? Right. Well, you know, exactly. like, you know, why are you taking this risk? Um, you know, and, you know, all environments took it against you. So you always have to project this, this, uh, this period of strength where it's mm -hmm. like, I know what I'm doing. You know, I, this, all this positivity and, you know, entrepreneurs all talk about like the inflection points, you know, up and downs of that, you know, one week or within the same week or within the same day from that triggers and like, oh my God, it's amazing. And the next thing you know, something crashed or burned the company and they're putting on a fire. Right. And that emotional roller coaster, while all that's going on, they got to handle the, all the things happening internally, mm -hmm. but also project this air of strength, right? right? And that has like an emotional turmoil effect on people. Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Hamza, uh, Hamza Khan came on and he talked about, you know, he wrote his book, uh, The Burnout Gamble, about his own personal struggles with, uh, you know, having experienced burnout, you know, in his 20s. And he's like, what is this? And he went on his right. research field about this, right? Burnout is becoming more part of our, uh, our normalized lexicon. Where people were talking about it more openly, right? Just like anxiety was never really part of lexicon, but now it's there. But now we're talking about burnout, how professionally or, or personally we push ourselves so much, we put ourselves in an environment that are not necessarily, you know, positive for us. They're they're toxic, mm -hmm. and we don't see ourselves degrading, right? Yeah. Um, so I really like uh, I like the fact that you know you're you're targeting that. And the second part, of course, makes sense. People get stagnant and they want to grow, right? right. So yeah, let's talk about that. Some some methodologies you use. How do you, if a client comes to you, you know, where do you start? Yeah. So you know, right away, you know, before I engage with a client, right? You know, it's it's like um, you know buying a house. You want to check it out. You know, I mean, obviously during COVID, some people did buy homes by just mm -hmm. virtual tours. But you know, traditionally, when you're able to, you want to check it out. You want to walk it through before you put in an offer. And so I always have an exploratory conversation, you know, with someone because it's really important to make sure that there is an energy and an understanding of where each person's coming from. So there's clarity right from the beginning. 
because it's a relationship and you're going to be exploring and working on some you know aspects that are very important to you so right away there's that in addition i always tell clients uh, a couple things so working with me is yes we will establish your goals you know your intentions so let's say you are a new ceo fairly new and you're like you know listen i'm really struggling in the sense that now i've never had to do business development i've always been on another side of operations and i know i'll be strong coming in that aspect but you know what like i have to deal with some pretty intense stakeholders and you know i've never had to manage that before and so i'm feeling kind of insecure on how to do that so okay we'll establish that you know you want to work on your communication on you know some of the technical aspects that you're looking to improve in that area so once that's established and let's say it's over a three-month period i also share with them that you know i'm not a therapist but a lot of the work that we'll do together will feel therapeutic at times even though we're focused on business goals because at the end of the day when someone is a, a leader and all of a sudden they're being told that they have to give this big rally cry of we're doing so great in the company and inspire, but that's just not who they are, but it's what other CEOs have done. You know, there's a deeper issue there sometimes within yourself, whether it's an insecurity about public speaking or it's something about, you know, some mindset that is holding mm -hmm. you back. So we work on that and we kind of get to that core issue and see what are your strengths and what are ways around that. The other aspect that's very different, and this was something that just evolved. And it's something that is, is something I do with all my clients. It has been probably the most impactful feedback every single one has given to me is that I actually begin every single session with a grounding breathing exercise. And the reason that happened is because I had one client once that there was a, some just anxious, just anxious about what they were discussing and working on. So I actually just was inspired in the moment to say, you know, I wanna teach you this breathing exercise that you can do on your own. But we actually ended up doing the breathing exercise, teaching it through Zoom. And so what we started to do is the next week, the client said, could we, could we do that again? Could we start that again? And so I start every single session with a breathing, a grounding exercise, realizing some people are gonna be more familiar with it than not. But in our discovery session, that first meeting before we sign the contract, I actually share that that will be part of the program. Mm. Because the value of doing those breathing exercises is that it's scientific, that it's actually proven of how it can like bring down your stress, be more focused in the moment. And they're just a minute to two minutes that, I, that we do at the beginning of every exercise. But so often the clients will come back and say, wow, I woke up in the middle of the night, my mind was racing about that board meeting, but I did that breathing exercise and I actually got calmer. And, they be, and what happens is they become more aware of who they are, what they're feeling and where they're in. And it takes away a lot of that anxiety. So every week I do a different breathing exercise mm -hmm. and, it, and it builds one week to the next. And the really incredible aspect is that so many of the clients have said, 
I taught, I taught that to my team, or I shared that with my wife, or I do it all the time. And that really sets the foundation. And that's, mm -hmm. and that really is powerful. And I find, especially, you know, either they're an entrepreneur, like, you know, a leader or a CEO, their mind is racing. So by the time they meet with me, they've had several meetings, several conversations. There's a lot of stimulation that's already taken place. We need to bring it down. Mm -hmm. And, and that really is uh, something that's really powerful. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's great. Like, cause like you're kind of performing a therapy on somebody, right? You're first diagnosing them and, and finding out, you know, some kind of flaws they might have in just their day-to-day -day life. Right. But also taking the time to like get them to reflect, self-reflect, mm -hmm. um, like the aspect of breathing being so important. I think like, you know, like yoga is becoming more and more mainstream now. But just the breathing meditation aspect of yoga, I think, is, is really interesting. Um, my my my, my co-founder and partner Henry, you know, he went back when we were still meeting physically and, and our, our, we had a physical office space mm -hmm. pre-COVID. You know, I would catch him like, in, the, in the mornings. He would come in a few like you know early, and uh, he would just meditate. You know, and he looks like this like you know wise sensei, just like sitting there for a while, you know, just like experiencing himself, just focus on breathing and just. Like tuning right. myself for the for the day, and that was my first experience of like seeing the effects of it, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he would come in and get himself focused, and then just and and just dominate. He's a morning guy, and I saw that, and I never had energy and stuff in the morning, so mm -hmm. I'm like, I thought first started thinking about this, right? And it's only even the past few years in my life where I personally start thinking, how can I tune habits into my day to mm -hmm. better help my performance, right? Mm -hmm. Exercise not just because you know as a check mark. But as a function, you know, how to start your day off, or right. you know, and, and things like that. And uh, part of that has been just like, like you know, since I started listening to podcasts, you know, mm -hmm. I love the format of podcasts because it allows people to share thoughts, and yes. you get to learn people, learn about people from like, oh, not just what you do, or like, or like uh, this is what you think, but also like, how do you live? How do you how do you operate? Right. right? Like, how do you how do you function uh, as like a professional? And one of the things I really enjoy is like listen, listen to listen to the thoughts of like high performance individuals, right? Yes. Um, you know, especially those you know those like those CEOs or like or like you know those seasoned veterans of uh, the entrepreneurship world, who have performed at such a high level, um, you know, or athletes, they all have some kind of habits that they have formed or developed or they actively maintain mm -hmm. that they prioritize as number one, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because that allows them to you know perform at the level they perform. Right. Right. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. On. I was just going to say you, you said a key word there that is so, so important habits, mm. you know, and, and it really is about establishing habits that impact our lives in a positive way. And, you know, there's a bad habits that every one of us can pick up and, and, you know, it's hard to change things, but it's small shifts. It's every day making a decision. And, you know, I find in my experience personally, but also working with so many leaders, leaders that take the time to form those positive habits to go inward every day, you know, and balance that with exercise or yoga, whatever they may be, are truly the ones that are able to deal with the day-to-day -day crises that come along or challenges in a much calmer, more refined manner because those small habits build one day upon the other mm -hmm. yeah so 
like one of the things that got me really hard, right? Um, this is like a few years ago. I was listening to the uh, Joe Rogan on Joe Rogan's podcast. Nice. I got that's how I got into podcasts, and I was super into his content. And one thing he said like really stuck with me. It's like modern day humans like we've gotten so off put by our environment, meaning that if if like you're in an office building, you know, safe, completely safe environment. And your boss comes in, you know, throw the file in, t- uh, in front of you and starts yelling at you and screaming at you. Your body reacts like as like if you're on the savanna and like mm-hmm. a lion is charging at you. You know, it's a sure. full fight or flight reflex are, are charging and you're going off. And like we've gotten to this point in our environment where like we're so stagnant and uh, and, and safe that like even the most minuscule kind of triggers triggers mm-hmm. an out of, out of tune response. Right. And the reason why, like, uh, like you know, he, he himself, like, works out at such a high capacity level, right, is because when you punish your body, like, through mm-hmm. exercise, through um, through extreme workouts, you, you know, it's a point your body's screaming back at you, what are you doing to me? Mm-hmm. It's like you're retraining the body, like, this is what punishment is. This is what, this is what stress looks like, right? Right. So for him, it was this form of meditation of, like, okay, put your body through extreme physical dur- duress mm-hmm. so that... When like a mental situation comes up arises, it doesn't trigger an autonomous like reaction for the body that mm-hmm. uh, like you know stressed out, and that really was exciting to like interesting to me because it's like you can program yourself mm-hmm. right to in order to like increase your threshold for stress for stimuli and and negativity right so you can be in control. Right? Mm-hmm. But you know control is always interesting. You know, it control is so related to fear. Mm-hmm. You know. So, you know, when I've had clients or work with clients that are high, high achievers, um, sometimes control will come up. It's either they're controlling or they have a spirit of adventure, you know, that they know where they're going. It's like going to Mount Everest, you know, they're there, they know what they have to do, but they're open to the experience. They're open to others being with them helping guy, but they see where they're going. There's a spirit of adventure, like, okay, we're going to go here. We'll be open as we go along, as opposed to someone that's trying to control every aspect that's usually based out of fear or a risk of vulnerability. And, you know, when we try and control things, it holds us back. And, and that's probably one of the things that we spend a lot of time with in, in the work that I do too, is trying to control results. And there's nothing the matter with, you know, wanting to have huge dreams of revenue goals and impact and growing the company or, you know, other higher titles. Those are all good. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to control the outcome to get there, that's where you hold back. And, and that's a big area uh, to spend time on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you got that there, like even saying control, right? Like we think about ourselves as uh, another entity to dominate right like mm-hmm. like you know pushing ourselves to like higher limits to achieve more to do more right. um, to get more out of life right and like and one, one of the interesting th- talks i had with uh, my co-founder henry is that you know we think of ourselves as a complete unit mm-hmm. but in fact we're like we're like like uh, we're, we're just a sensory organ in our brain like a, like a millimeter thick you know, like you know the neocortex that's operating on a higher level than everybody else, but like commanding the command as command and control over the rest of the body, rest of these organs, right. rest of these limbs, right? But each part of you has different um, uh, different reflexes built in, its own processes. One of the interesting things I've heard is like, 
your heart and your stomach has a group of neurons like outside of your brain it's the highest clustering of neurons outside your brain mm-hmm. so it's like you have a mini uh, brain around your heart and a mini brain around your gut your mm-hmm. gut being secondary your your heart being uh, third so and then it's semi independent from the brain so in your in your in your in your in your gut there's like a whole biome of bacteria that's independent from you that mm-hmm. operate so mm-hmm. when those bacteria crave food it triggers the neurons in your gut that then triggers you to that you're hungry and you and you and you have this craving you go get a donut go get the crispy creams right mm-hmm. and same thing with your heart right so if your heart doesn't have a heart rate variability like it doesn't it doesn't get enough pump it can get misaligned and the neurons there can start firing rapidly get overly excited and cause the heart irrespective of the environment and the stimuli to start pumping hot, faster and faster and can cause right. like panic attacks and anxiety attacks regardless of in the fact you're not doing anything so this idea that the body can get misaligned if you don't take care of it absolutely right? absolutely mm-hmm. and it's really important so you know some of the things you know when i'm working with with clients even if we're you know whatever the professional goals they're working on whatever you know that aspect of wellness will also come up in terms of like their physical you know well-being and you know i really will work with them to say you know how are you caring for yourself because you know you also need to care for your body and you know what is the habit like you mentioned earlier that you're doing you know is it going for a walk every morning you know you know at a certain time but maybe adding on an extra 10 minutes you know, so you can listen to kind of a walking meditation or so you, you know, something to ground you for the moment, because if you're not taking care of your body, you look at so many leaders who haven't done that, you know, there's obesity leads to other diseases, you know, there's, it's, it's quite complex, but when you're in tune with your body as well, that will impact your work. Scientifically, it's proven at such a, a different level. And so it really is full, so full focus. And that's the work that I do as well, you know, to make sure that that is balanced. And, and, you know, there's an accountability, you know, there's an accountability there. Sometimes you have the other extreme, you have someone who's so dedicated, like at such a high level, you know, for their well-being, but at the same time, they, but their relationships, sometimes relationships, those have been lacking. So sometimes it's about cutting back maybe the intensity of the workout and saying, well, you know what, how are you spending time as well during the Mm -hmm. week? Maybe instead of doing like these massive workouts, eliminate one of them Mm -hmm. and, you know, spend some, dedicate some of that to your network or people you want to spend time with, because that's also important as well. So it, it's all about balancing and we're always tipping on one or the other. And it's about Mm -hmm. trying to stay on that line to keep moving forward. How much of your work would you say is qualitative versus quantitative? So like how much is measured? Like, do you take like a, like a matrix of like, oh, how's your personal life? How's your relationship status? How's your exercise? How's your work-life balance? Like, are you measuring different components of people's life? Do you have a matrix you go through? Or is it more ad hoc, depending on the person? Yeah, definitely. Every single uh, client that I work with, it is bespoke. It's a very bespoke, customized experience. The, the framework is the same. So for example, you know, one of the packages is a three month package, you know, which consists of two 90 minute sessions. The first session is 90 minutes and the last session is 90 minutes because those are the ones where you kind of are setting goals, but you're also ending. And then the others are 60 minutes. 
And so once we establish what their intention and goal is, whatever that might be, I, I don't go through a, a checklist the first day. So, so how often do you work out? What do you do? Do you have a meditation practice? It fairly much kind of organically comes out at the very beginning and it will surface quite quickly, mm. quite, quite quickly. They usually bring it up. So right away, you have to remember, I'm already teaching some of the breathing exercises. So that will activate right away a sense of, well, I want more of that. Or, gee, that breathing exercise was really beautiful. Do you recommend something else I can do? Like meditation is something I've started. And they usually will bring up others. And it's usually their, their kind of self-awareness. But it is something that at times, you know, I listen. Part of my work is I'm, I'm a deep listener in, those, in that moment. And if I'm picking up something, that's when I will raise it just to say, gee, I just want to bring this to your attention. I'm hearing this. This is the feedback, you know, that I think is something we need to look at here. So it is important. Yeah. How much like so, you know, when you talk about growth coaching, right, it's a very oblique term because it's it's not in our lexicon too much. Right. Yes. Like, you know, how much is that you feel like it's like therapy? Is it like is it, do you equate it to more like therapy or like, you know, hearing confessions? <laughs> or, or like, you know, is it or the more professional side or like you're coaching somebody or like, like, is it a mix and match? Like, how, like, what is it comparable to? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned the, like the confession, right? Like, I mean, obviously my background as a, as a priest, it is funny. I mean, because of my training, you know, yeah. you know, as a priest, confidentiality is just at the highest, highest level. And as a priest, you are invited into people's lives at very deep, deep levels. Mm -hmm. And they will share things with you that probably they will not share with someone else or maybe just a counselor. And there's a grave responsibility that comes with that as well. But I think because of my training and experience with that, you get very used to knowing how to manage that quite well and also create the space for people to feel comfortable in their vulnerability to be able to open up and and I really I that's very sacred so as I always tell all my clients I, I will say this I say individual clients confidentially I will never disclose that you were a client mm. you can say I was I worked with Brian and it was great I want to recommend on a but I will never disclose that and I yeah. said for you to do and um, and I so I take that quite seriously but I also think, too, it, it's a mix. I mean, I have a, an expertise as, as a former executive and, and also as a priest. So when I'm working with, you know, especially professional leaders, I understand when they're speaking about, oh, my gosh, I went to this huge pitch with a client. This is how I was feeling because my colleague, this is what they said. It was embarrassing. I tried to save. So I understand that. So sometimes that's where kind of the more counseling side may mm -hmm. kick in in me to say, okay, you were feeling this, but really there's a bigger issue here. How do we look at that? So I find it's a hybrid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that really fills in a gap because, you know, the therapy has like a stigma around it, right? Mm -hmm. And in with, in with religion and confession, like not everyone who's religious or not everyone has that access to that kind of environment. So I believe you provide like this hybrid approach uh, of like getting people to do this. And one of the things I appreciate about like 
you know, the, the priesthood and, and, and the Vatican is that they have a thousand years plus history of developing this ability of understanding human connection and human, um, you know, uh, 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 psychology, right? Mm. I mean, we think a lot about science as like scientists as being being this like different type of breed of people, but science evolved from from mostly for the priesthood, right? Mm. The father of genetics was was a priest, was a Catholic mm. priest, right, Mendel. So like psychology and the level of psychology you would have probably got from your training definitely, I guess, will come out here. Um, so going from there, like, so your 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 own coaching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of said it's a, it's a bespoke thing you you have developed that you you you, you perform with. How has that journey to develop this? Like, you know, you've done it for about a year now. How has your journey been so far? Yeah, so it's been amazing. I, it really it really has been incredible. So you know. Um, you know, for myself, you know, as a priest, you know, I was trained in like, you know, pastoral counseling, counseling was part of it, then an executive, et cetera. I went through, you know, professional training and, you know, accreditation, you know, for coaching and mentoring, and that's great. And, you know, I developed kind of the way the packages and the way I wanted to engage with clients. And I, and I, and it's been really amazing. One of the things that has been powerful as well has been, you know, my time when I was a partner and doing executive recruitment, you know, oftentimes people, when they go through a recruitment process and they keep coming in second or this anxiety around, I, I want to start a job search, but I'm overwhelmed. You know, that's, I love working with those individuals. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I've done is I, I will be right up front and say, you know, I'm not going to write your resume for you or rewrite. There are people that have wonderful companies that do mm-hmm. that, but share your resume. And what we do is I will go through it. So sometimes I do give like insights and tips and trades or what to change. However, more importantly is I spend time to make sure that it truly reflects who they are because a resume is an invitation to celebrate you an invitation to a conversation. And so many times people, when their resumes are there, they, it, it, who they are when you speak to them is not translated on paper. And that's where I spend time aligning, you know, a lot of that. So, you know, for each situation in person, there's a, a particular method that, that we go through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there has to be an ROI when someone's engaged, you mm-hmm. know, they, you know, they're paying, you know, significant money, they're giving them their time, they're being part of this. And so it always goes back to results. That's that's the measurable here. And, you know, what has been the change? And so, you know, it comes down to not only the goals that they set at the beginning, but really measuring how maybe they're dealing with a very difficult boss and they have new tactics. And they can obviously point back and say, I was about to leave the company, but I'm staying because of working with you. I now know how to deal with my boss in different ways and there's different techniques that I teach them and mm-hmm. ways to look at that. And it's it's been very, very powerful. I love the one-on-one, but I also do work with organizations uh, and companies as well. And so I developed a whole new model uh, called Evolution Recruitment, which is a new recruitment uh, model that is a hybrid. So there's an ownership on the organization or company but it's a very deep dive up front with the organization or company. Because so often when a company or organization says, oh, we have such a hard time hiring for this role, or we, we keep losing the person that we hired. Well, the issue is on them. 
there's an issue there internally. It's not your candidates, it's you. <laughs> because you haven't aligned what your mission, what your values are, what you're seeking. So I spend time really doing that. And we have a significant onboarding process as well and someone that can do the, the recruitment. So that is powerful because you can attract any candidate you want to your organization. It's like the, you know, the power of attraction. And that's kind mm -hmm. of what I will tell them. I said, yeah, these firms that you pay thousands and thousands of dollars to, you could do on your own. But you want to attract someone that is really going to embody the energy and the vision that you want. And, and also the expertise uh, that's, you know, most important, but there's a way to do it. There's faster, more impactful way. And, and that's the model that's been presented. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, on the flip side, have you ever gone through a growth coach yourself? Have you experienced it from the other side of the way? I have. So actually when COVID happened, um, and I had actually been thinking about it a little before I hired someone, uh, mm -hmm. it was a gentleman. There was someone that I had come across who someone from Los Angeles, a friend of mine in Los Angeles had used, and we had a, we had a kind of a one hour meeting discovery and it was really good. I got the proposal, but it just didn't click. And you know, my, my, my intuition is always on, usually always on target on that. And we can talk about intuition as well, because that's a big part of the work. But then one day I, you know, I have a meditation practice and I was just inspired one day to do like a heart based meditation and so basically like with my cell phone i like on youtube i googled 15 minutes you know heart meditation and all these things come up as we know but there was one that really caught my eye and the gentleman who led the meditation it just really resonated mm. so i followed him a little bit more and then i went to his website and he had an incredible business and a coaching platform as well and so i connected with him and uh, we had a, about an, over an hour discovery. He was actually from Spain. So I hired him for three months to do uh, once a week, 90 minutes a week, really to go deeper into my mission and business in the strategy and the avatars of the clients, et cetera. And it was one of the most powerful, powerful experiences. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting, right? Like the, the fact that like, you know, therapists talk about it too. Like, you know, therapists need their own therapy and they mm -hmm. have their own therapist. Like when you're, when you're in a growth kind of mindset, having someone external figure look at you and just not look at flaws, but look at, you know, tweak you and tune you. Like, you know, mm -hmm. just like an athlete would, you know, you have a coach for. I think right. that's so important, right? And one of the things that, you know, I think the, the part of the industry is that, you know, you always think this is a luxury product. You know, having someone who can do that for you, even having a therapist, in right. Canada, where it's not covered by insurance or covered by, you know, the government, government, it seems like it's a luxury that most can't afford. But for those who can't do it, there's a, there's a feedback mechanism. I think on the last time you came on, we talked about, I think, uh, the show Billions, where um, on the show, uh, it's about an investment banker, you know, high-performing investment firm, and they have an in-house growth coach, okay. right? A therapist that they have hired, and this is different because... As a growth coach, this is when I first got introduced to the term, to the show. Mm -hmm. And her job is, you know, these are people who are trading millions of dollars, you know, mm -hmm. uh, handling other people's money. And there's a lot of money on the line, a lot of money they can make online and bonuses, you know, uh, six figures, seven figures they can make easily. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, trading like, you know, seven figure, eight, nine, nine figure, 11 figure accounts. And, uh, and in the show, you know, 
a lot of these traders will have breakdowns or they'll have like mm-hmm. like maybe a personal thing that happened and then that throws them off and they're right. not in tune. And this growth coach will come in and you know have a session with them. And literally it's like it tunes them back up, works them to the issues and then pushes them up and then go and throws them back into the fire. Right. You know, they come to this cool down period, you know, rest up and then boom, throw, go back into the game. Right. And I thought it was such an interesting kind of um, kind of complimentary service in a firm. Like why would a firm invest so much into like, you know, providing the mental well-being of the person? That's something that, oh, you, you have insurance, go get it yourself. Right. But right. like the ROI there, right, for a company like that at a high functioning level right, is a, is a return, right? It's like the people are more tuned and more working. So, you know, we start hearing now a lot of other companies, a lot of tech firms do this, you know, they have in-house or they even have like an outsourced firm that they, they work with or, right. or coaches they work with. Uh, there's a new app that came out. Um, uh, it's A lot of podcasts are now uh, promoting it. Uh, it's, a, it's a subscription-based service and it connects you with the coach or a therapist, right? And, um, is just someone to talk to, and and it's semi-automated in the sense yeah. where it'll like it's a chatbot that initiating the contract, and then uh, and then connects you to people based off how you feel. Right. Really cool kind of concept, right? Very. So one of the things that I'm really interested in is how technology is blending in to make this more accessible and make things more impactful for the work you do. Um, are you currently using any technology services? Like how how how's the impact technology be be for you? Yeah, so I love that, and that is one of my big intentions uh, moving forward as well to leverage that even higher. So I mean, I just agree. I think anything that we can do, um, you know, with with the app and have accessibility and to make it easy because everyone, you know, it has their phone with them and you know the airpods and they you know it's just to make it accessible so that is one of my big intentions to develop that even more and more so i just think it's huge and you know my focus is you know i also think it's important that in between the 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 sessions that's where the real work happens Mm. and you know i always have a little assignments you know in between each session you know for the clients you know, the, whether it's something, and it's always geared to something specific. So it's not some generic aspect, you know what I mean? Like, oh, read this article and reflect on the three questions. No, it's very specific. But to be able to have that and upload it in the app and use that quite easily is is the key. It gets hmm. really, really the key. And to can be you, to that. Sorry, can you talk about that specific nature? Like, what is an assignment someone will take away? Like, what's an uh, example? Yeah, so a great example could be, you know, it can be a couple things. So maybe one thing could be, um, let's say someone has a, a journal, you know, it could be, let's say they're dealing with a specific question, you know, um, you know, it's a behavior um, with a colleague. So I teach a method um, to clients sometimes called the hello method. And, you know, the hello method is very simple that when you're feeling anxious or you're feeling irritable or you're feeling joyful or you're feeling, you know, um, tense about a situation, you simply say, hello, anxiety, hello, tension, hello, you know, you just say hello to it. Because Mm -hmm. when you say hello to it, you're just simply acknowledging how you're feeling in that moment. And it puts a spotlight on it rather than just trying to look away. It's like being in a room with someone that you know you need to say something, but you're not. Once you say hello, it's kind of a lot of power is taken away. It opens up. So I could certainly say to someone, say, listen, I want you to pay attention every day 
um, to what are you saying hello to? You know, what, what have you said hello to during this day? Maybe to reflect on that, maybe a writing article. It can also be sometimes, you know, making, maybe they're trying to work and be intentional on um, asking for help. You know, sometimes maybe they're more of a loner and, you know, they don't invite people in to, you know, their work projects. And that's been brought up to them in a review. So it's a sense of, okay, so this week, your goal, your assignment is to invite two people to, to meet with them and mm. talk about that and to have them part of the project. And what does that mean? So it's very tangible for the growth that they want to be part of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like on my end, I was just thinking about what you're saying. And like when, when it comes to growth and ideas, like for me, I get it obscenely, like, you know, like I, I kind of absorb it uh, just from the people I follow uh, through uh, either social media or the podcast I listen to. Right. right? So one of the coolest things about content, right? I mean, we think about content now is like, oh, it's everywhere and it's trying to pull it, sink us into this content cycle and like take up our time and attention. But if you can tune your content, mm -hmm. it's just like your friend, a group of friends, right? Like they say you are your five group of friends, you know? Sure. If, if you're hanging around four people successful, you'll be the fifth one. If you're hanging around four losers, you can be the fifth one, mm -hmm. right? Like, the, you know, the energy uh, that you're around, the ideas you're around contracts that. And saying that, the content, the people you follow and the things you keep up to date mm -hmm. has a big effect. And what I routinely find myself doing is, you know, I remember like for the past few years, like three main people come into, uh, when it comes to growth, come to mind for me, right? Mm -hmm. One is uh, David Goggins, um, the, 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 the former, um, uh, uh, not SEAL, he was a, a Marine. Um, Cameron Haynes, the ultra marathon runner. Mm -hmm. And Gary Vee, who is a super content producer, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about uh, go, go, go. And each of each one of these three is like you know very different in in the way they motivate because they're not telling you what to do. Uh, that's mm -hmm. also Jocko Williams, the former Navy SEAL commander, right? Like they don't tell they're not telling you what to do, right? Mm -hmm. So Jocko, this guy was a Navy SEAL commander. He commanded a whole unit of Navy SEALs, and what he does all his entire Instagram feed is just him taking a shot of him at 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. getting up at 4 a.m. is is his clock, and then next uh, the next screen is him working out. Mm. And his whole motto is that um, discipline equals freedom. Mm. So whatever it is, set your set yourself to it and hold yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. And just this whole whole profile, he's like kneeling in the views, but this whole profile is just 4 a.m., 4 a.m., 4 a.m., 4 a.m. Wow. And he just drills that kind of into you, that mindset. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, Cameron Haynes, ultra marathon runner, he does what other people think is impossible. He runs a marathon every day. It's amazing. He goes to a full-time job, comes back, and then records himself partially through it, and he runs a full marathon every day. And he competes in ultra marathon contests, which are, which is like, the, the main one is like, uh, is one that goes through like it's almost like 200 miles wow. over 18 days, mm. and uh, it's through like one of the hottest places uh, in in the, in the desert in the U.S. Mm. You know, and he does this just to be like, everyone thinks it's impossible, and it's part of a very niche small group of community let's do the impossible kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And by and by seeing these people who have pushed themselves to such a limit, you know, it has such a compounding value to you as a person, right? Yes. It's like, you know, we, like, David David Goggins, like, he talks about this. Like, he used to be overweight, um, you know, his whole life, ate bad food, didn't really have much support, didn't have any positivity to give him confidence. And one day in his 20s, he snapped, he's like, I can't do this anymore. I have mm -hmm. to change. Mm-hmm. 
And he just, you know, went in, joined the military, started working out, like just started pushing, like, I'm going to focus my entire life to changing this aspect about me, changing my definition about me. And that radical, uh, radical change he went after. And, you know, each one of them talk about themselves and that, that pushes you. So I love the idea of, of like social media and podcasts and, and content to being able to do that. Who do you follow? Like, do you find inspiration off of people you follow? Like, do you have any names? Yeah, there's two people in particular uh, that, you know, I follow that I just, uh, I find just feed into me beautifully. Um, one is a woman uh, named Gabby Bernstein that uh, I just think she's incredible of her own personal story and what she has established. And so, you know, her story is that she was in New York City she was uh, young, started her own company, and she was like a, a nightclub um, promoter and, you know, and like, you know, for page six in New York, but she developed a pretty strong drug addiction, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, for several years and like really hit ground zero. And that changed her life because she said, you know, I went back to when I went through recovery, she said, you know, I started, I remember that, you know, I always enjoyed like meditation and yoga. And so she developed, she put all her energy into that. And she's now established, she's a New York Times bestselling author, I think on at least five books, if not more, huge platform internationally. And her message is strong and, you know, she brings in so many other individuals, you know, to, to highlight their work, but it's so strong and it's inspirational. It really is powerful. And, and, the, and the things she teaches, you can apply personally and professionally, and it's just rock solid. And then she's, you know, huge on Instagram and, and so many platforms. I think she's amazing. And I love mm -hmm. that inspiration. I love that. I think it's, I like it because it's practical. Mm. You know what I mean? I hate, you know, theory is great, but at the end of the day, like you want to apply something to your life and have it mean something. And in her marketing is great on that. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, another person, you know, that I follow, follow too, uh, her name is Laura Day. And Laura Day is uh, an amazing human being out of New York. And she basically is um, someone who is, uh, you know, her whole life has been on intuition. She, mm -hmm. she works for major companies on Wall Street from a um, from an intuition side for business. And she's written a few books and I, I follow her greatly. And, you know, it's about tapping into your intuition. Every single human being has intuition. If you and if you cultivate it and tap into that daily like a habit, it really can change you. And that's some of the things I also you know work with my clients on. I know for myself. So many decisions I've made to connect in with clients or opportunities have come through intuition, just following that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think social media is amazing. I also think it's important to make sure that it's managed, too, you know, because we can just go from one to the other. You know, I, I just listened to an amazing uh, podcast the other day, and it was like the man who was who was writing a piece said, you know, in the midst of this, I checked Twitter three times, my email seven times. LinkedIn four times, and you have to be able to manage it. So my thought is follow people that really inspire you, mm. you know, and sometimes they'll inspire you and engage you for a period of time. There's been a couple of people that I, I used to follow that I thought were amazing. And, but then it just, it served its time. And I, I just kind of stopped following them and, and someone else came along and that's healthy and good too. There's nothing the matter with saying, 
I really don't care about them. Well, don't keep them in your feed. It's not feeding you. Delete it. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, there'll be something else that'll be there. So my thought is, you know, there's so much coming at you all during the day. Make sure what is coming at you that's life-giving, that is inspiring, that is challenging in a positive way. And that really can change your mindset as well. Because if not, you're just trying to process so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I love the idea of like biohacking yourself, right? Just by surrounding yourself with like uh, just messaging, good messaging or totally. like, you know, like the, the idea of like, yeah, you can, you can change yourself with active effort, yep. right? I don't think we talk enough about that, but going back to the, uh, going back to the topic of technology, there's mm-hmm. a company that I do want to introduce you to. Um, they just came on the podcast um, just like uh, today. We talked, I talked to them. It's called uh, Blueberry. Okay. What it is, it's a, it's a neuroscience company. What they nice. do is um, they have a sensor that goes on, goes, they can attach your glasses or to your headphones. You can yeah. attach your side of your head. And what it uses is a functional near, uh, near infrared uh, spectrometry. So two um, um, uh, infrared LEDs, lights, that kind of beam into your skull. And what they're doing is refl- uh, reflects back from what's inside and it measures the oxygenation of your, of your, of your, um, of your brain, the oxygen levels nice. in your brain. Wow. And what that gives you is a lot of insights to your brain activity, especially when your stress level goes up. So, because when your brain is already stressed, it uses up more oxygen, right? So by measuring the oxygen levels, it can give you direct feedback on what's going on in here, mm. right? So uh, based off of this technology, they've been working on this for like a decade. In the last two years, they actually developed, they actually miniaturized it enough to be like fit on like on, on your on your sunglasses, and now they're going pre-order ready. So the cool thing about this is just like a fitness tracker, you know, can count your steps. And like count your heartbeat, this thing can count, um, you know, your stress levels throughout the day, right? But also your brain acuity. So if you're really focused on a, on a particular task, doing work, it'll measure that on like on, on, on a ratio, right? And if you're wearing glasses, it has a light, a beam of light that'll beam at the right of the corner, mm-hmm. and it'll flash a different color, like blue, you're good, you know, red, you're like, you know, you're really stressed out, all this, and give you this haptic feedback almost, right? Mm-hmm. On like ta- like on like what's going on inside you. Sometimes when we're so caught up in ourselves or caught up in an environment, something like this, just having da- data, you know, collected, yes. you know, write, you know, people journal, you know, it's, it's a very hard process to get, but you can journal your thoughts, your feelings, how you were during the day, but the, the act of doing it prevents a lot of people from doing it, you know, yes. unless you're guided and you, you train yourself and you build a habit, it's very hard to get that. Mm-hmm. And for vast majority of people, they're not going to acquire that skill. But yeah. having a device like this that can do it in a passive way, I think can have a very beneficial effect um, to how we maintain ourselves. And that's where the founders really came up with. Like they personally felt the need, like they personally always wanted this, a way to monitor themselves because they realized, you know, their mental acuity shifts so much rapidly yes. from the day to day and week to week yeah. that being yeah. able to measure that would be so important. Wow, that is brilliant. And yes, I would love to be connected with them. And, you know, it triggered... A third person who I follow, I don't know why I don't remember his name, is a, a man named Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is like another New York Times bestselling. All he's amazing, and he's all about looking at the data of your brain and the neuro, and you know how that can transform and heal your body and change your whole mindset and belief systems, because there is true power in that. Like there, it really is important, and I think. You know, that's the gift and the power of technology because it can just transform and can help people see things 
so quickly and and keep track of it in a very powerful way especially you know in especially when you're trying to change a growth mindset or you know, make new decisions yeah i think that's brilliant mm-hmm. yeah i mean the, i think that I'm re- uh, that's like the most appealing thing about technology right i think we're in this inflection point where we're going away from technology that is used against us aka companies that you know have access to our data and then use that to sell us things better to be more, we're, we're more conscious about data and like how how to use technology for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's an active consumer base that's developing that's more comfortable data, especially, you know, Gen Z, right? The people, the mobile right. generation, the social media generation that grew up with technology. I think we're moving into a society where we're more ingrained with technology, we're comfortable being being meshed with it. So what I'm really looking forward to is, is the next evolution of that, right? Mm-hmm. Of society in general, blended with technology. What does that look like? What does society looks like when it can read itself? What do individuals look like when they can read itself and 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 like have um, a playbook to you know how to better themselves, how to, uh, based off of their own bespoke data that they input into a system? Yes, yes, it would be amazing to see. And it's funny, you know, I'm actually uh, in conversations with uh, a, a lovely, wonderful uh, CEO out of Chicago. We're actually working on a, a joint article on something, and it's about the evolved leader. And, you know, one of the aspects is that, you know, there have been different periods in time, like there was the industrial revolution and different things, but technology is the next, like this is the moment right now that for leaders and individuals that don't evolve with the technology, you know, to really embrace that and have it part of that is gonna hold them back. And so for any industry, for any aspect, like the technology is changing and it's, I think it's going to be amazing, especially like in the, you know, the next several years in particular, and at the end of our lifetime to see what has taken place and how it's transforming, because no doubt it's just going to continue to impact. And especially like, you know, the millennials and the, the generation, it's just, it's just, commonplace and it's just going to continue to keep growing so i think it's an amazing exciting time and cannot wait to see all the incredible things that happen and how it impacts us still at our core of who we want to be definitely brian this has been great uh, i really enjoyed having this conversation with you um we're at the end of our time i know you got a call coming up but uh, i think i want to thank you again for taking the time out of your day to, to join us today and like open up a little bit more about what you do uh, I really enjoyed this. I, we don't get enough to talk about, you know, how mindfulness and being taken care of ourselves. Um, I hope that uh, whoever does listen to this, you know, does take take into account about their own, uh, like, you know, evolution, evolution, and reach out to you if uh, they have more questions. Absolutely. Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be back. And also a real tribute to you, you know, for the platform as well. I mean, you know, I know, you know, what your day job is, but you're incorporating this too. Uh, really signals a lot to your viewers into the world of of what's evolving and uh, and what's taking place. So uh, a real pleasure. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Brian.